Frank, hey, how's it going today? Hey, good, man. Hey, Armin, last night I was grilling out and my neighbor's giving me a lot of grief because I had a bunch of beef on the grill. What's up with that? You know what, Frank? That's interesting. Uh, we're going to talk about beef today, so there's a lot to know. We'll talk about that. Awesome. Hey, Armin here. Welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. Where we cover training, nutrition, supplementation strategies, and a whole lot more. So stand by. <laughs> Welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armin Eckelbarger. And I'm Frank Mills. And hey, we have another jam-packed show for you today. Uh, Armin and I will be talking about how to organize your split routines and also what you need to know about eating beef. So that being said, let's dig right in, Armin. Uh, hey, beautiful day in Tampa Bay. Sun's out. And yep. today is uh, another workout today for me, uh, chest and back today. Good. So. How about you? I trained my back this morning, so I'm feeling good. You know, backs are, it's a tough workout, but ready to go. All right. So let's get right into this. Uh, how you organize split routines. Let's start by explaining what are split routines? What exactly does that mean? Yeah, that's a good question. So to get some clarity about it, uh, what we're talking about here is how to uh, split up muscle groups uh, that you're going to be training and mm -hmm. you know that's really what you're talking about uh, and so some examples of that is uh, instead of just training your whole body which is one way to go about it you can just okay. train your whole body several times a week or you can train upper body one day lower body the next day take a day off and then repeat so that breaks up some more muscle groups and then you can take it even further so you, can, you know one day you may do your back and chest and then the next day you're going to do your legs and the next day you'll do your shoulders and arms, take a day off or just repeat the cycle. So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about split routines is splitting up the muscle groups to be able to get more work and more volume to those muscle groups. Gotcha. Okay. So that being said, what are some things that we should keep in mind when trying to decide on how to create a split routine? Yeah. So, the one thing you really got to do is decide on how many days a week that you want to commit to training. Okay. And so based on that is what you would normally do to determine how you want to split up your muscle groups. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you feel like I'm just going to train three days a week and that's it. So let's, let's use an example, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, then depending on what level you're at, you may want to just do a full body on Monday and Wednesday mm -hmm. and Friday, a full body workout. So then you just decide, okay, what exercises you want to use to complete that full body. All right. So now another thing would be is if, all right, I don't really, I want to, I, I get a little too tired when I do a full body and mm -hmm. I find it, it takes me longer and most likely because of the amount of exercises that you want to include to develop the muscles the way you'd like. So okay. then you would look at, okay, so I'm going to split this up so I have more energy. Uh, from a different body part. So I'm going to do upper body on day one, lower body on day two. And then you'll just, you'll, again, you'll be able to add in more exercises. So the other thing to keep in mind here is how long you're going to train for as far as your time. Okay. So that's the other thing you keep in mind too, so that you can um, allocate the number of exercises you want to get done in the time period that you're going to be training. So mm -hmm. as you continue though, 
then you can also split up the muscle groups further. And a lot of times what people do when they split up the muscle groups besides, you know, upper body and, and lower body is to do a push-pull strategy. All right, Armin. So what do you mean by the push-pull strategy? Okay, so this is uh, pretty common uh, uh, with approaches to working your muscle groups. Mm-hmm. And so what this means is one day you'll be focusing on, or actually there's different combinations to do this, but the okay. pushing exercises, which would be one focus, is like your chest, your shoulders, your triceps, your quadriceps, and your calves. You're doing all, you're pushing the weight. Okay. So that's one component. And then the pull strategy is you're going to, how you want to combine those pushing movements with the pulling movements. And so the pulling movements are obviously going to be working your back, your biceps, your hamstrings, and forearm for your pulling the weight. So when we talk about a push pull strategy, what you, you, you can approach it a lot of ways. One day it can just be all pushing. So that would be an example of, you know, chest, shoulders, and triceps. Okay. And the next day would be pulling. Okay. So that would be back and biceps. And then the third day would be your legs combining push pull. So you'd be doing your quads and your hamstrings and your calves. So you're going to combine them as a, as a strategy. Okay. So, so... An, uh, another way to look at that though, uh-huh. would be to have a push pull where you're doing your back and your chest. So you're pulling okay. and then you do pushing. And there's different ways to combine those. So it kind of give you a, a, a breakdown of that. Okay. All right. So I guess the hardest part for me to figure out would, how would you determine the combinations to use? All right. So that's a really good question. And there's always going to be a lot of debate on this because mm-hmm. everybody has different preferences. Right. And so with that being said, I would say none of them are perfect. None of them are like, you know, this is the only thing that works you can experiment to see how you respond. Right. And so, you know, some guys like to do the chest and the triceps. Or some guys like to do chest and biceps because they're pushing and then they go to pulling with the biceps. And so the strategy behind the chest and the triceps or the chest and the biceps is you have a large muscle group that you're utilizing, which also affects the other muscle group. Like when you're doing chest work, you're going to affect your triceps. So, mm-hmm. When you get done with your chest workout, you just finish up further exhausting the triceps. If you do the chest workout, with the, which is a larger muscle group, then you go to biceps, then you're going to combine the, the, the pushing and the pulling. Mm-hmm. And they could both be effective. So that's one thing you want to kind of keep in mind. Now, right, my right. favorites have been, uh, you know, I always like to do back and chest because I'm pushing and pulling. And you get a really good pump when you do those combinations. So I like to alternate a back exercise with the chest exercise is one thing or even superset those together. Okay. So as you can tell, there's a lot of combinations. And then some days I'll just do all back exercises and I'll finish up with chest exercises. And then other days I'll flip it around. So as you can tell, there's a lot of ways you can do these combinations. Um, and the thing is, is when you're doing them though, as you're putting a combination together, I believe your focus though, in all instances, should be to work the weaker muscle groups, the ones that aren't mm-hmm developing the way you would like to get overall complete development because everybody can psych themselves up to train their chest and their arms. That's really not a problem, but sometimes understanding how to train the back and going through the, the, the pain and, and the work of training the back and the same thing for legs aren't as necessary as exciting as doing the other. But if you want to have a complete physique, then I would prioritize the weaker areas 
okay. so that you can bring them up because that's when your energy is the best and you, and you have a fresh central nervous system to really engage the movement and then always finish up with the ones that are that you're pretty strong on because you know you're going to always figure out a way to keep your game up with those that's kind of what i've seen working mm -hmm. for myself and my clients well it sounds like you have a lot of different ones that you've done so you don't really stick with the same split routine all the time. Do you change it up a bit? Yeah, I and I recommend that for anybody. Okay. Um, you know, again, like I mentioned, I've done all types of split routines. Right. And I've actually gotten good results from all of them. Uh, and, the, you know, again, we're talking about some of the different ones. Mm -hmm. and, but the ones I liked a lot were like doing the back and chest or chest and back one day, then doing legs one day and doing shoulders and arms right right so because that's a push-pull combination as well so i got a lot out of that those types of routines but then i started as you get more developed you're going to find that you're you're starting to level out okay because you're doing as much work as you can in that given amount of time and i like and again I like to keep my workouts around 45 minutes so what ends up happening is you start to level out and so then you want to break out your muscle groups a little further and so that, because you need, may need more recovery as well. So, uh, you know, combination would be, um, so instead of doing back and chest, I'm like, all right, I want to focus on my chest a lot more, which is something I've been doing. So what I do currently is I either train the chest by itself to give it a lot of attention for 45 minutes, or I'll do chest and triceps. Okay. And that's all I'm going to focus on. I'm going to work on both really hard for 45 minutes, and then I'm going to rest. And then the next day I'll go to the next, uh, body part. So typically after that, to let my chest and triceps recover, then I go mm -hmm. do back exercises. And uh, I like to, to go right into that because, you know, the biceps and the, you know, that's a pulling strategy. So I have pretty good freshness when I'm training. And I, and I think when people start to do these things, they're going to see much better recovery and also better stimulation. Um, but you know, with that being said, I want to make sure I'm, I'm changing things periodically. And that's mostly to keep it fresh, all right, and then see how the body's responding. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like the current thing I'm doing now, and I've been training for close to 40 years. So, again, my focus is to work my legs and my calves. They're, my, in my opinion, the weakest muscle groups, period. Mm -hmm. So on Monday or the first day of the week of training, I'm going to train quads and calves. So you notice I'm not doing hamstrings. I'm just doing quads right. and calves. And I'm working really hard for 45 minutes. And then the next day, I'm going to do tri uh, chest and triceps because that's another area in my chest is what I want to work on. So I'm going to focus on that. And I'm doing triceps because of, you know, I can hit those pretty quickly. Then I think I, uh, because of the fatigue I'm getting, I take a day off. Gotcha. So then Wednesday will be off in this example. And then Thursday, I'm going to work my back. So I should be recovered. I should be, you know, feeling pretty good from everything else. So I have right, good energy right. to train my back. And I'll just do different combinations of exercises for that. Then the next day, since I did my quads on Monday, I'll go to hamstrings and calves. So I can work my calves again and also work the back part of my legs and give them a lot of focus for 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. So this is a, this is a help, one way to help increase intensity on a muscle group that you want to give more work to. Right. And then I'll, I'll, the next day, um, since I've done everything else, I'm going to do my shoulders and biceps. So I've been doing this routine now for uh, almost a year and I've been getting really good results from it. Now, with that being said on that, there mm -hmm. are times when I also will break it out even further 
because some days I like to train my arms just by themselves and my shoulders by themselves. So the way that would work is I'll do the quads and calves, day one, chest by itself, day two, back by itself, day three, hamstrings and calves, day four, maybe take a day off, then shoulders by themselves, and then take a day, and then next day, just train arms by themselves. So that's a six right. day type of routine, but I'm getting a lot of recovery in between there. So in this okay. scenario and both scenarios I'm talking about, I'm only training one muscle group once a week. And I found that the recovery on that has been pretty good and I'm still making progress. I, hmm. It's kind of a long way with Frank and I uh, just want to kind of. No, no it's a lot of good information, you know, and how you break it down. But I, I guess as you were talking, the one thing I started thinking is, how, how often should someone try to consider staying on a specific split routine? I mean, you went through a lot of variations there. Yeah. Well, that's another one. It's kind of a, a moving target. Okay. Uh, so, you know, having a good coach can help with that. Other than that, you, you can just continue to experiment. Um, I typically like to, to stay on them until I see the weaker body part and improving. And if I'm not seeing that improve, then I'm going to reevaluate what I'm doing with the, the whole spectrum of the training and change it up again. Mm -hmm. uh, and that could be different things involved with that. But, you know, when it comes to the training and you're, you're trying to figure out how you want to do your workouts, so, to me, you want to strive for complete development so that you're, and that's just how I approach it. And that's why bodybuilding is called bodybuilding. And there's, you know, other ways you can say it, but I want everything to look nice and even and well balanced. So that's what I strive for. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like the saying, um, perfection is the goal, but only excellence will be tolerated. So mm -hmm. that's what I'm basing a lot of my stuff on to say, okay, how can I get to where I want to be, get these weaker body parts to look better, or to get them up to par with the, the ones that basically I enjoy working out a lot. You know, right. For example, right. my calves. My calves are, in my opinion, a nightmare. I train them <laughs> all kinds of ways. And I've tried different combinations and I'm still doing that. Still hoping that I can find other combinations that'll, that'll stimulate them. I've made progress. Don't get mm -hmm. me wrong. It's just not the same progress as I've got with my arms and my shoulders and my chest. So, right. Um, right. and you know, the same in my quads, I, you know, I would like them to be bigger and it's just a, it's a grind, but I am prioritizing them to try to get better uh, development from them. And I feel like it's working. It's just, um, you got to keep experimenting. You know, and, and to get the results that you're looking for, and, and you actually mentioned you have very high expectations. Uh, how do you get there, Armin? I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces just besides working out, right? Well, exactly. So, you know, you got to remember this, you know, the results are, are what you're that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it takes time for muscle to grow. So along with good nutrition, which you got to have that too. So it's not just the training by itself. You got to have great nutrition. You got to have great fuel to get the body to recover. The supplements will help. And it helps to give you a little more edge. And there's different ways it does that. And then recovery along with hormone optimization. So when you do resistance training, your hormones are going to bounce out a lot easier. So that's kind right. of a given as long as you're getting the right nutrition to help those hormones, which is proteins and fats. So that's that's your key ingredient for your hormones and also for your recovery because that's, that's what builds muscle. Mm -hmm. Now, if I feel like my training is not affecting 
uh, the areas I need within like a four to six week period, then I'm going to reevaluate and say, okay, I'm, what, am I, what do I want to change up? What else can I do and on, on especially my split routines right. and then try another combination. Now I read of Vince, what he would do to experiment without totally different exercise, just an exercise by itself. He would do that exercise for up to nine months to make sure he gave it all he could to see if it, how it benefited him. And Vince was not a big fan of working single limb exercises like one arm rows and doing things with one arm at a time. Mm -hmm. He always liked doing, uh, you know, multi, you know, just using uh, both limbs to to do the movements because of his his experimentation. But I think I still feel like that might be too long to go. Mm -hmm. So unless you have a lot of other resources that you can use to, to to see things happen. So obviously, I think things have changed. So, but that's just another way to take it in an extreme. So you can do it in a short period of time. I like four to six weeks. Uh, and if things are working, I'm going to stick with it for a little bit longer. But I will kind of rotate the different combinations of exercises in my push pull to see if that'll give me some different stimulation as well. Because what I've learned is as we get more developed you're only going to develop some muscle areas as much as you can, but then there's other areas that are still you're able to develop to get a full round development of the muscle. So that's where you have to change up exercises to find those other areas that aren't developed as well to bring it up to, up to even more balance. Uh, and that takes some, some time and knowledge as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, a lot of people are going to have questions about information. So exactly what are some of the resources that, our audience can go to and maybe help them out with this. Well, I really like the, uh, the wild physique. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it has a lot of different, different approaches, different things that mm -hmm. that book's pretty complete. Um, uh, but the blueprint for a bodybuilder is very complete, even though it was written a long time ago, he, he was pretty cutting edge with that. Then you had the Vince Geronda files. A muscle has four sides is a really, that's a more right. advanced strategy. Uh, and then the workout bulletins. Then you also have the, the 21 day challenge, which is a good starting type of program. It's going to challenge you really well and kind of get you conditioned. Mm -hmm. And then you have uh, Vince's gym. So there's some different preset programs in there that you do for like several months at a time and you rotate to another one. So like you can do eight by eight, six by six, uh, max definition, the bulking programs. That's also very beneficial and pretty affordable. Well, a lot of great information, Armin, on split routines and basically how to implement them and, and how to have some success out of them. Uh, a great segment. So great job. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> I hope so, somebody got some takeaways on that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Well, uh, we appreciate you joining us here on the NSP nutrition show. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. You'll hear a message from NSP nutrition and you might want to check out nspnutrition.com. Uh, the hoodies are out for winter. Uh, it's going to be cold. I was looking at a blue one. I'm going to check one of those out. I think I'm going to have to get one of those, but make sure you check out NSP Nutrition and uh, Arm and I will be right back. NSP Nutrition was founded by Vince Gironda during bodybuilding's golden era. Vince wanted to supply his members with unique and nationally sourced supplements that would help accelerate their progress. NSP Nutrition stocks some of the same products it did when it first began in 1972. And you can discover our entire range of supplements and products at nspnutrition.com. Just use the code NSPSHOW at the checkout and save 10% on your first order. Hey, welcome back to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armin Eckelbarger, 
and I am Frank Mills, and we appreciate you being here with us at the NSP Nutrition Show. Uh, as we did in our little opening there, what we need to know about beef is pretty important. Uh, you know, I don't know anybody who really doesn't like a burger in some way, shape, or form. Steak. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff about beef, but I didn't know there was uh, quite a controversy out there until my neighbor, you know, hey, dude, don't you know beef is bad for you? Uh, I, yeah. I have a hard time with that. So, you know, Armin, what made you decide to talk about this topic today, other than my neighbor and the grilling? <laughs> well, Frank, you know, we do the NSP, the uh, uh, Frank Mills Reality Fitness Show, and we, we have to, we read different articles that are published in the media, and it, it's just consistently putting beef down as you know, if you want to live longer, don't eat beef because it's just right. so much, it's so bad for you. Uh, I mean, I, and so for me, it was mostly I'm just really tired of what the media is saying uh, regarding beef. You know, it's bad for people. Um, you know, they act like if you eat beef, you're eating poison, uh, which is kind of ridiculous because man has survived on beef and other game meats for right, right. forever. So what where they're coming from, and I, I can kind of understand, but at the same time, you shouldn't be afraid to eat beef. It's, it's got great uh, nutritional value to it. A absolutely. And, you know, you and I have talked about this multiple times. You're right on our other show, Frank Mills Reality Fitness. If you're interested in that, it's available on your favorite podcast app. And we also have some shows on YouTube as well. But, you know, we've dug deep in extensive conversation about protein and why it's so important. But, you know, there is some beef out there that maybe isn't good for you, some that is. So is all beef really good for you or are there some out there that you have to watch out for? All right. Well, th that is a good question and that's a good point. So, uh, no, not all beef is good for you. So let's just get that on the table. So there is some correct information regarding beef. So okay. that's why we want to talk about it today. I mean, um, just because it's beef and it's packaged and it's clean doesn't necessarily mean it's good for you either, but that comes with everything else out there. So right. that, and that's why I want to talk about this is, you know, if you're going to eat beef, we're going to give you some ideas on a better approach. Absolutely. So why don't we dig a little bit kind of deeper on what we should look out for. So when you were talking about, there are certain types of beef that are or not, are and are not good for you. Tell us a little bit about what that means. All right. So if you, typical beef that people buy, if it's not organic and grass fed, mm -hmm. you, the challenge you're going to have is they're, they're given hormones and uh, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, it's to help make the cows bigger, but it also is a negative. So you really don't want to have beef that has been fed hormones. And on top of that, the antibiotics, Right, because right. that's going to be absorbed into the meat, and that's going to be absorbed into your system when you eat it. And also, you don't want corn-fed and these other uh, uh, food sources given to the beef because uh, grass-fed beef is basically a lot less cholesterol, a lot less fat. It's just right. like you know, wild game. It has a lot less cholesterol, a lot less fat. Um, so, you know, bottom line is is Yes, some beef is not bad for you. That's what we're going to talk about. And, you know, just keep that in mind. 
So, so that being said, Armin, uh, it's kind of interesting because when you and I talked about some nutritional changes, you know, for me, um, mm -hmm. I changed to grass fed butter and I noticed a tremendous difference, not only in flavor, but quality. So I can speak yeah. of that, but so you're saying just like the butter organic grass fed beef is better. So why don't you explain why? A uh, good point. So, and I want to emphasize this, it does make a difference. And I really encourage, I want to encourage people to take that step to buy organic grass fed beef, you know, get it from a local farmer, help out a local farmer. Right. I mean, it's, 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 it's so much better for you. Okay. But what you're going to get with grass fed beef is a lot, a lot of additional nutritional benefits because what people do not understand about grass fed beef is when the cows eat grass, what they get from that also, as far as besides nutrition okay. is conjugated linoleic acid. And conjugated linoleic acid is an automatic fat emulsifier. So it's going to help to burn fat as you eat it right away. And that's a great thing. And you can buy CLA on its own as a supplement on top of that. But if you're eating, if you eat grass fed beef, you don't have to because it's already built into it. Uh, and then the other thing is, is it has 40% less cholesterol. Okay. So if you're somebody that's concerned about the steak and egg diet and you're worried about cholesterol, well, obviously go with grass-fed beef. It's just, it's just a much better fit and it tastes great. So, uh, you know, and then it, it, you just have to pick out how you want to, you know, how you, how you prefer to eat your beef, if you're going to have it in the ground or with a hamburger or you're going to have the steak and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but also grass-fed beef is higher in antioxidants. Uh, you know, for example, that it has high beta carotene levels, vitamin E, um, and also, you know, a, a higher ratio of omega-3 fatty acids, which how many people talk about omega-3 fatty acids when you eat beef? It is never brought up, but it's in there, right. and that's good. That helps with inflammation. So you're, you're taking in a good food source that's also very protein-efficient ratio. It's really high there. It's right next to to uh, eggs so that's a good thing it's very high in iron which most people will have a deficiency of that as well and it does fill you up now i do re do recommend if you eat a lot of if you if you eat a lot of beef or more often then i would suggest uh, especially if it's um steak and you know more of a, a complete beef uh, that you're eating i mean if it's ground up hamburger that's one thing but if it's steak i do recommend the digestive enzymes they help make sure you break it all down and get the maximum that you want from the, the nutrition of the beef. Right. Right. Hmm. So getting to the cooking, cause I was grilling. Uh, yeah. What about cooking it? You know, is there anything that we should be made aware of while you're grilling or frying or broiling or whatever you're going to do to your beef? Yeah. And then that'll be another one. You're going to get a lot of information on a lot of, uh, you know, debate with so to speak but um uh, you know i prefer to eat mine and most of my food sources rare or medium rare i know some people may gag on that but um i'm just not a big fan of it being overcooked Agreed. Uh, because it's more tender it i feel it breaks down quicker i think it's easier for the, to the stomach to break it down uh, the, the biggest reason you're even cooking meat in the first place is to help break the carbon bonds down so you can digest it and also to kill any bacteria. So right. that's the other part of it. Uh, you know, grass-fed beef cooks about 30% faster than grain-fed beef because it's leaner, okay? So that's another thing you want to keep in mind. It is going to cook a little faster. 
which is kind of handy. It helps with your cooking right. processes. Um, but most of the concern comes from when you overcook beef is that it can, it can have more potential for the carcinogens called heterocyclic amines, which also known as HCA. So heterocyclic amines is the one thing that most people are concerned about when you overcook it. So just okay. kind of keep that in mind. Um, and the main danger of eating meat rare, which I get, you know, I have people like give me these big eyeballs and I order right, rare. Right. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with it. But the biggest concern is that they want to make sure that it's going to kill all the bacteria so they don't get any you know problems with it. And I kind of get that. So as a guideline, if you want to make sure about that and you're being safe, you know, the internal temperature of what you're going to eat, they feel it should be at 145 degrees Fahrenheit to kill off anything that was in the meat. But I just found that I've never, I've never really had a problem and I've been eating rare meat for 40 years. So right, right. It, it's a personal preference, uh, but rare or medium rare, that's what I do. Uh, and I, I feel like I, I, I ingest the, uh, the food very well, but mm -hmm. it's kind of a personal call. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's up to the person, but I just feel like you absorb it better uh, by giving it, not having it overcooked. A absolutely. I, um, I used to eat everything well done in my early years. And, uh, then when we were out hunting one time with my dad, everything we started to eat only rare or medium rare. And mm -hmm. I noticed the flavor difference immediately. Yeah. Uh, there yeah. is a flavor difference. You get more flavor at that cooking level of the yeah. medium rare or rare. So, uh, you know, the other thing too, Armin, since red meat is so thick, you know, I know you and I have talked about this because with all the protein, you can have digestive issues. Could I assume that you would recommend digestive enzymes for your protein intake? Yeah, I mean, you don't have to, but I think to make sure you're breaking down the protein really well, uh, I would recommend it. You know, like Vince was really big on it. You know, okay. When he had anybody he put in a nutrition program, he's like, he wanted you to take more hydrochloric acid to help. That's what helped us break down the protein. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, as he learned more, he, he threw in the digestive enzymes on top of that, like right. protease. You know, that your, your, your digestive system makes protease and, and the digestive enzymes. But, you know, if you're eating more, he wanted to make sure you had enough of the right uh, combinations to break it down so you absorb as much of the, of the protein as possible. Right. I just think that makes good sense. So uh, I like using them. I think they're very beneficial. Um, I and I think that um, you know if you if you don't use them, then that's fine. But if you start having any kind of digestive issues, I would certainly recommend you consider that. Absolutely, and I'm looking forward to that too because uh, I I know I have mine on order, and I can't wait till I get them because uh, you know I'm grilling a little bit and. You know, this show may lead to other topics like into chicken and pork and right. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we just talked about beef today. So, um, right. In conclusion, any final words here on on beef? Yeah, bottom line is, is don't be afraid of beef. Uh, you know, do your do your own research. You right. don't take our word for it. Look it up. But there, there's plenty of good data that shows that organic beef is a good food source. It's not a negative. Okay. Right. Now, if you go buy the cheap stuff, I mean, if you buy regular beef and you put it in the fridge, it might last two up to three days in a nutshell. If you buy organic, 
I'm telling you right now, it'll last seven to 10 days. Uh, wow. and I've already done the experiment. So that tells you something right there. So when you're eating something that goes rancid within two or three days, and you eat that in your system, probably not a good long-term strategy. Absolutely. So that's another thing. So I'm just a big fan of organic meat in general, but don't be afraid of beef. Use the, use the nutritional value of it. It doesn't mean you have to eat it all day long and every day of the week. I mean, I'm not saying you want variety in the first right. place. I'm just saying don't take people like, oh, yeah, if you eat beef, you're going to live a shorter life lifespan. Right. I don't think there's enough research that shows that. You know, I just think it's conjecture. I think it's based on, I mean, there are studies that say this, but when you start reading some of these studies, you got to dig a little deeper into how the studies are done. Right. So just kind of right. keep that in mind. Uh, but in a nutshell, I'm sticking with beef, and I think people should consider as part of the nutritional program. Maybe if you're if you're concerned, cut it back a little bit, maybe do a little bit less, no problem. But just eating zero beef, I just think that uh, that's not necessary. I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> and, you know, even if you are right now eating the other beef, when you make the switch to the organic grass-fed beef, I promise you, you're going to taste the difference. Uh, however yeah. you cook it, whatever you do to it, uh, I, I've noticed a tremendous difference in flavor. And you're right in the refrigerator. Uh, normally, you got one or two days if it's the other meat yeah. or organic I had in there for the third day. I'm like, oh, man, I got to hurry and cook this. And I went and looked at it and went, it's fine. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. All right. So, Armin, what are some of the good resources where if somebody has some thoughts about beef that they could go to and take a look? Well, like from Vince's point of view, like he talks about using beef as part of your nutrition plan. So mm -hmm. in the maximum definition diet, he talks about all types of meats in that diet, but he does like beef because he had a lot of personal experiments experience using beef. So that's why he liked it. And he, it was good. It was a good experience. Right. Uh, then also you have the wild physique. They, they have different diets in there and it talks about, you know, the different types of meats, which you need to be aware of. Uh, and the pro series of nutritional bodybuilding, that's another great document that can give you a lot of good insight on how to approach things for good maximum results. So uh, I think those are good resources. You know, obviously you can look up other things on the internet. Just when you do that, kind of filter through that information. Don't assume just because it's, that, that's what you read, it, that's 100% accurate. Right. Because right. what I'll typically do is read two or three articles and I'm looking for a consistent theme of the, of the three articles, then I know that's probably pretty accurate because the rest of them, they have different angles are taken on the article. Mm -hmm. Well, Armin, as usual, great information and another great show, a lot of great content today. Um, that, that, that being said, you know, if you like this show, we appreciate you watching or listening to it on the podcast. Um, we'll be expanding here very soon in the podcast world uh you'll be hearing us on iheart and spotify apple Podcasts. we're working mm -hmm. on that and that'll be coming out very soon but all the links to be able to watch or hear the show uh are just about everywhere and we're mm -hmm. going to be having them on the nsp nutrition site here very soon as well uh, if you have questions for the show any feedback or comments of course on the youtube side it's easy just leave a comment or a question there sure. or if you want to shoot an email to NSP and they'll get it to us, you can send it to support at nspnutrition.com and they'll yeah. make sure that we get the question for the show. And, you know, Armin, in regards to content, we appreciate the folks that are listening or watching the show. Um, 
you know, a lot of the content you come up with for the show is because of the people that are engaged with the show, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, we're, we're looking for all kinds of different things people want to have help with. And we do the research and, you know, give some give some different viewpoints to it. And in that way, you can decide if it's something that uh, you know, makes sense for you to do. All right. And everybody, don't forget to check out NSPNutrition.com. Uh, a lot of new stuff in the store. You know, like I said, the hoodies, your digestive enzymes are there. Or if you want to take a look at the 21 day challenge that is there as well. And mm -hmm. that's it for the show today. Thanks for joining Armin and I and check back next week for another new episode of the NSP nutrition show. Hey, thanks for checking out the NSP show. Go to NSPNutrition.com where you can find a whole heap of resources to help you achieve stunning definition and eye-popping levels of muscularity. Don't forget you can save 10% on your first order by using the code NSPSHOW at the checkout. Catch you next time.